I just want to insert this before the episode starts. This is a trigger warning. In today's episode, we will discuss opioids and slight talk of suicide. If any of this bothers you or could cause you to go backwards within your recovery, please stop the episode right now. Also, This episode is in dedication to the woman that inspired this whole podcast, my Aunt Laura. Thank you so much for giving me the strength and courage to speak out upon something that I know if you could come back, you would speak out on. I love you. Fly high, beautiful angel, and watch over us. We miss you down here. Love you. I hope you guys enjoy. Welcome to The Uncensored Woman. I am your host, Heather Christine. What is up, you guys? Welcome back to The Uncensored Woman. Today is episode six, Addiction from a Mother's Perspective. I am your host, Heather Christine, and today I will have a guest co-host, which will be my mom, Crystal. Now her name is Crystal, but I am calling her mom throughout the whole episode because that is just kind of weird to me. But yes, she is going to give you her perspective on my addiction. If you all have listened to episode two, my journey with addiction, I go into all of my troubles within that episode and I'll go into a little bit of it again today, but she is going to really tell more of her side of the story. And again, this is in hopes that this either helps someone that is in active addiction, recovering, or someone that loves someone with an addiction. Please remember that if you like what you hear, subscribe to The Uncensored Woman and review. Reviewing doesn't hurt anyone. It's completely free and you help me when you review. I will also be announcing giveaway details next week, so stay tuned for that. And you all, we are going to jump in to the book and songs of the week, and then we'll hop right on into the main segment. I really hope you guys get something out of this, and I think you all will. This is an amazing episode. All right, for the book of the week, you guys probably already know it. It is, and actually, like I said last episode, I am moving it to the book of the month. It just makes it easier on me and for you all, so I'm not dragging it out week after week after week after week because I am a busy mother and already have so much on my plate, but The book of the week is Becoming by Michelle Obama. Yes, I did finish the book. It was a beautiful, amazing book. Michelle Obama is beautiful and so inspirational. I just love her. I love Barack Obama. Um, The book was absolutely phenomenal. Please go pick it up. I would highly suggest listening to it on Audible because you can hear Michelle telling her own story. 
but you can also pick up the book and read it. Usually I do like reading things because I love the whole process of reading you guys like flipping through the pages and getting lost that way. But for this book, it was a really good ideal to download Audible. So whatever you do, just pick up Becoming by Michelle Obama. Now, my songs of the week, I honestly went back to Cardi B's like ode new album. And right now I am back to listening to Ring by Cardi B and Kalani and Through Your Phone by Cardi B. Through Your Phone, I swear that was my breakup song during the summer. I got all my anger management out on that song, and you guys, I just love it so much. So if you have not heard Invasion of Privacy by Cardi B, go check that out. Once again, that's Invasion of Privacy by Cardi B, Ring and Through Your Phone, and Becoming by Michelle Obama. But you all, we are not going to waste any time today because we have an amazing episode for you all. And we do hope you guys enjoy this episode. All right, y'all. Have you ever been affected by an addict? Do you currently love an addict? Are you trying to currently save an addict? Well, I am here today to let you know that you are not alone in this battle. So many families these days are battling the same thing you are, including my mother for so many years who is going to speak today on this episode. She not only went through it with me, but she went through it with her sister as well. It is not an easy journey, and you all, I have been on both sides of the fence. Before I ever was an addict, I was in love with an addict, and I know there were so many times where I I just couldn't understand why he wouldn't just go get help or come home to me and the kids. I would literally get on my hands and knees and plead for him to just stay, and I could help him. But that never worked. And there's a reason why it never worked. And it's because the addict has to want to save themselves. And I really didn't understand that until I was in the shoes of addiction. So if you all haven't heard my episode, a journey, My Journey with Addiction... I talk about my entire addiction. So if you start with this episode, you go ahead and finish out this episode, but then go back if you want to know more about my addiction. I go through the years. I explain how I got started, how I'm doing now in recovery, and all that good stuff. But I do want to refresh y'all's memories just a little bit. I want to give you the definition of addiction according to the dictionary. An addiction is the fact or condition of being addicted to a particular substance, thing, or activity. So, despite our how our minds think, addiction is not just drug addiction or alcoholism. Addiction can be a sex addiction, a food addiction, a shopping addiction, whatever. It doesn't just have to be a substance. It can be anything. 
However, the definition of an addict in the dictionary is a person who is addicted to a particular substance, typically an illegal drug. So there is a bit of a difference, but like I said, there can be many addictions out there, you all. Now, today we are going to talk about drug addictions. My drug of choice was opioids. Um, I used for four years on and off, and I am now actually eight months into recovery. March 16th marked my eighth month, and I have never felt better. I am so proud of myself. I'm telling you all, my worst day sober is still better than my best day high, and I would never say anything different because things are just coming together and no they don't come together overnight it takes time and sometimes like in fact last night I had someone that I just became friends with in recovery and she reminded me like stuff doesn't happen overnight it took you years to lose what you lost and you have to build everything back up, so just keep pushing forward. As long as you're doing right, everything else will follow, and that is the truth. But to wake up free of those chains of addiction every day, and to really feel happy, and to see my children happy, and to actually do things and enjoy doing it with my children without being sick, or my family, or my friends without being sick, it's just absolutely amazing, and I wouldn't trade it for the world. I absolutely would never want to go backwards, but I do not take my recovery for granted. It is a scary thing. We are in the middle of an opioid epidemic. As I stated in episode two, my journey with addiction, and if you haven't heard that, go listen after this episode, but every day, over 130 people in the United States alone, you all, die after overdosing on opioids. And this is not just homeless people on the streets, you know, your perception, if you've never been around an addict or never been an addict yourself, is probably the same perception that I used to have, which, oh no, addicts are dirty homeless people on the streets that shoot needles in their arm and steal and kill. No, no, no. That's that's not it at all. Um, anybody can be an addict. Literally any person that you see and it doesn't help that we're in an epidemic and heroin is so bad these days you all and it's laced with fentanyl and it's just not great and I could get into everything I think we should be doing about that but that is for an entirely different episode today I want my mom to tell her story and and give her perspective because I think that it will absolutely help someone out there and that was really my goal when I started the uncensored woman I wanted to be able to help people and have people relate to me because I remember for so long I was in such a deep hole and I was in such a depression and I had no one to turn to because I had pushed everyone away because I mean 
honestly, I wasn't hanging around you unless you were benefiting me. I became a master manipulator, a master liar. And you know, addicts aren't everything like the stereotypes you have in your head. There's levels to it. Like we all don't still and rob houses and all that stuff but I think to the core we are all at least a little bit of manipulators and liars because we're trying to get what we think we need to get by without getting sick um, and that causes a bunch of problems and for me it's like I started out just regular you know just using it for pain but I started liking the feeling that I was getting off of the medication and I knew that something within me had changed but I I just I guess I kept on playing with fire you know like a lot of us do until I got burned aka I started getting sick and therefore I didn't think I could survive without my drug of choice but you can. And if you take the first step and tell someone today that you need help, I promise you it will be forever worth it. But with all that being said, I'm going to move on to my mom and let her kind of tell her story. I'm going to ask her a few questions and her and I are going to talk back and forth. And yeah, you all, I hope you all enjoy. And this does help someone, whether you're in active addiction, you are recovering, or you love someone with an addiction. I hope someone out there relates to this. Now, mom, you can go ahead and introduce yourself and speak a little bit about your life real quick. Hi, as Heather said, I'm her mother, um, also known as Crystal. <laughs> um I have three children, and um, right now, I just had my sixth grandchild. Um, I'm into property management, was into beauty pageants, modeling, just different stuff. So Heather grew up with a pretty normal life, um, but something happened, and um, don't know exactly when it happened, but it did, because it happens to everybody. Um, I didn't really know about Heather's addiction really until she was about a year into it because if you know addicts, they can hide stuff. And as a mom, we want to believe everything they say, even though they start showing signs that there's something wrong. We always want to believe that, no, there's no way. No, they wouldn't do that. But after a while, you start seeing other symptoms of stuff, and um, and then you start wondering, and then you question your own self about, uh, maybe I'm just jumping to conclusions. Maybe they're really not. Duality, if you have that gut feeling, you're probably right. How many years do you think that I was in a bad state, Mom? Or did you think I was in a bad state out of my addiction, which was four years? Probably after the first year, I'd say for about three years. After the first year, I started noticing a big difference in you. The first year... Well, really, the second year, you were still kind of hesitant, too. Yes. A little. Yes. I mean, I know you started questioning me within yes. the second year. Yes. But I think it was in... Um, the third and fourth was really the yeah. worst. Yeah. Yes. Um, And 
how did it make you feel um, during the beginning of it and the end of it? And we'll get into my recovery later, but I guess the course of my addiction, how did you feel emotionally at that time? Well, I was emotionally drained. I lived in a state of fear. It started affecting my nerves and um, I started getting depressed and all my thoughts were devoured with what if something happens? I'd find myself riding past uh, my daughter's house in the middle of the night just to make sure that they were okay. I would find myself trying to call her and just thinking if I get the phone call in the morning, she's okay. It's a horrible place to be at as a parent because it's like a two-year-old. You want to pick them up and help them, but you can't because an addict has to want to help their self. Exactly. And you all, I'm going to ask her this question for a reason. I obviously already know the answer to this question, but I'm going to make a point out of this. Mom, did you ever stop loving me at any point during my addiction? Absolutely not. Now, did I have feelings of why is she doing this to me and feelings of rage and hurt? Yes. But you don't quit loving your child because they fall off of a bike or because they become an addict. Yes, there were times when I was so stressed out, I didn't, I felt like I couldn't talk to her. But then if I didn't talk to her, I was flipped out thinking that the worst had happened and blaming myself for stuff that maybe I did wrong. What happened with me? Why did she turn into this? Maybe if I would have done this better. But the truth is, she made a choice mm-hmm. to pick that drug up. And I don't think she did it to because she at first wanted to get high. It started off as a medical reason. Absolutely. And not. then one day something inside of her changed and it began to make her feel a different way. And she liked it. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people, um, addicts, feel that way. They don't go into it to get addicted. Most of them don't live on the streets. There are some, but there's doctors, nurses, attorneys, high-powered people that are addicted to stuff that um, function every day until the end, until they can't. And as Heather was saying, I also had a sister that was addicted to drugs, heroin. um, And in September, September 24th to be exactly, my sister lost her life to a heroin overdose. What killed her was the fentanyl in it. And so I'm telling you, please, 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 please get help. Get help. Because Because you think there is you're going to bed getting high tonight I know because I've been there you think there's a tomorrow but you don't know that you really don't and before we get into you know the rest of that I I do want to tell you all that I asked her if she had stopped loving me because so many people say Oh, if my son, daughter, sister, brother, husband, wife, so on and so forth become addicted to drugs, I'm just dropping them. You can just let them die. I'm not going to care. I'm not going to love them. They're a piece of crap in my book and I'm done. No, no. You have it all wrong. That is not what you will do. In fact, you will probably do the complete opposite because... You can't just turn your love off, you all. 
You don't just start stop loving someone because they have issues. If you truly love that person, you will fight even when it makes no sense at all to fight. You will fight until the death of you or the death of them and the love it just does not stop. Now, mom, can you name a specific moment that still hurts you to think about to this day within my addiction? Yes, actually, there were actually two. The first one being I was traveling um, with my job doing marketing and I was gone two to three nights a week. And one night I was in a hotel and when Heather was needing I could tell after a while because when she couldn't get what she wanted, she would send me horrible text. Mm -hmm. And because that's a manipulator, yep. when people get on drugs, they don't mean to it, but it turns them into someone else and they manipulate you. Yep. She sent me a text and I was laying in a hotel room about 1030 and it said, Mom, I just want you to know that, um, that all this is your fault, basically, and that um, I'm going to kill myself tonight. Please make sure my kids are okay. Uh, and basically, I'll see you in hell, too. It wasn't even my daughter. I remember hanging up, and I remember trying to call her, and she wouldn't answer the phone. I was two hours away, and I was thinking, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do if something happens to her? Is it my fault? Did I do something wrong? Should I have tried to help her with something? I mean, as a parent, you think about all that. You don't hate your children because they mess up. You love them more and you want to help them. I would have gave my own life at the time to help her. But um, like I said, until she decided that she wanted help, I couldn't. Right. And when you're in the midst of addiction, you guys, you are not receptive no. to anything that anybody says. I no. definitely was not. And you go ahead, Mom. And another time, um, she pulled in my driveway and she was in full-blown withdrawal by then I kind of knew what withdrawal looked like because she would become really like a demon mm -hmm. her personality was so on level she'd be crying screaming cussing at me that was not my daughter she stood out in the driveway one day and I got out and she held up her fist and said I could hit you and hurt you if I wanted and I stood there and I was like how could you say this and she stepped forward like she was going to hit me. She said, I can do that any minute. And she was screaming so much. My son was home. And he come and opened the door. And he was so upset with her. And then finally, she left and um, sped off. But I was actually scared of my own child at that time. Because the, the anger I saw in her eyes, I had never saw that before. The hate... I know she loved me deep inside, but the drug made her also hate me, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. She hated me because I couldn't help her at that minute. That's what happens to people that turn into addicts. They use and abuse you. And as a parent, I took that um, emotionally hard. It hurt me. I lived with fear and anxiety and depression. And what am I going to do if something happens to her? What's her children going to do? What did I do? You know, I went through so much depression and crying because I couldn't deal with thinking I didn't do enough to help my own child. How did I screw up as a parent? I didn't screw up. Heather made a choice. And I made a choice to still love her no matter what, so I never gave up on her. And you all, I... So, like I said in the beginning... 
I did start off, I was having um, certain medical issues in 2013 and 2014. And for a time frame, my mom was actually on pain medication during that time because of something she had going on. She was actually on it. And, you know, it's very common. And I know so many families, like if you need something for pain, you keep it between each other. But, you know, you hand something over. And that's what my mom would do. Well, and she wasn't doing it to hurt me. I mean, honestly, she was doing it to help me. And this was before I knew that she even had a problem. Right. And so the and when she's talking about the incident outside of the car when I got really mad and was screaming at her and all that other stuff, um it was because she wouldn't give me anything. That is how angry I got. She didn't know for so long that she was enabling me. But she was. And so I just want to make that clear that if you are on prescription pain medication for legitimate reasons, don't hand it out. It is okay. But do not hang it out. Hang it out. Hand it out. (laughs) Hand it out. Because the thing is, maybe that person doesn't have a problem right now. But what if they end up with a problem? See, it may not be your fault. It was never my mom's fault. Something within my brain changed, okay? I I can't even explain it any differently than that because I absolutely used to hate any type of medication. Something within my brain changed and I started craving it. And so again, that's not the fault of my mother she didn't know she thought she was helping me and that's why I tell people now if someone is in legitimate pain like you tell them to go to the doctor and obtain their own medication because that's the last boat you want to be in is thinking that you possibly aided in someone else's problem and uh now so many people asked in my first episode, okay, Heather, well, you quit your pain pill usage in 2016, so what was so bad that was natural that you got addicted to between 2016 to 2018? And I did not want to say it because it is a part of a huge controversy right now. People will attack you for it, and... But somebody wrote me and said, you know what, Heather, you can only explain what it did to you and how it affected your life. And if you can warn people, then warn them. So what I had started after my pain pill usage shortly after was Kratom. Yes. And it was stated that Kratom withdrawal was just like caffeine withdrawal. And it was Mm -hmm. not addictive, and you never had to dose up, and it was just super easy if you wanted to drop it. Well, me, I have an addictive personality, you all. So anything I do, whether it's good or bad, my whole life, I've always gone super hard with it, haven't I? Yes. And you could kind of see if you go back now that I've had an addictive personality my whole life. It's just... I never got any into anything bad until 2014. 
But this cradle, at first, it did seem like a good thing. It was legal. You could get it at smoke shops. Um, I was, you know, I'd gotten a good job. Yes. Everything. I mean, how did you feel about Cradle at first, Mom? Well, I thought it was a miracle drug. I went from having a daughter that was angry all the time to seeing a daughter that looked happy again, working, out, not stuck in her house, getting the kids out. So at first it looked like, oh my gosh, she found the perfect thing. Yeah. And then... And then you all, <laughs> um, just like anything else, I thought, well... If this is making me feel good, let me dose up a few more. See how that makes me feel. I mean, this is natural, right? It's not going to hurt me, right? Wrong. I dosed up. I mean, towards the end of my cradle usage, I was easily spending $570 a month, and that is not an exaggeration. No. At all. It is just not. And it was also... You all, I feel like it made me sicker than the pain pills at certain points. Like, the withdrawals were horrible. And unlike pain pills, like, one day I decided to get off pain pills. But I still, I I felt like I was going to miss it. But for about the last six months of my cradle usage, I really wanted off of that. Yes. But I could not figure out how to get off of it because I would sit and I would sweat to death and I would be in and out of the bathroom and I couldn't sit still. And on top of that, it would make me real paranoid and I wouldn't sleep. And if you didn't know any better and I was in and out of the doctor's offices where they were testing me, you would have thought I was on a hardcore drug like meth. But it was the cradle. It it was the cradle. And I don't know how it's natural or how it's legal. But I'm telling you all, there's something bad in that. My skin broke out really bad. I got really, it was a really dark spot on my cheek. And it almost looked bruised all the time, yes. didn't it, Mom? Uh-huh. Um. And it's finally starting, all that's finally starting to fade, but I also gained weight. And then, like I said in episode two, my journey with addiction, I went for a routine checkup and my blood levels were so off. They sent me to an oncologist and they thought something was seriously wrong with me. I mean, my mom will tell you, she sat with me at the hospital through iron infusions and we really believed that if I kept on going down the road with cradle that it would have ended up killing me yes definitely um and my moods were not as bad like as violent with the cradle but they were bad in a separate way. So you kind of want to explain what you went through on your end while I was in cradle usage with my emotions? Yeah, you would be um, up and down. It was like you, some days you'd be okay and then other days you'd be crying. You didn't know what was wrong. It was like you said, you never slept. Mm-hmm. Never slept. Um, you, you, you're 
you just didn't act happy again toward the end of it. And um, emotionally, you were upset all the time. It was like your emotions at the drop of a pen, you'd start crying and felt like life wasn't worth it. I felt like it made you very suicidal. Oh, I was suicidal all the time. I called my mom all the time. Yes. And let her know, like, hey, I'm writing this suicide note. I need help with my kids. I'm not worth it. My life is not worth it. I'm, I am just not worth it. And I don't want to be here. And there's not a purpose for me. And I was in so much emotional pain, not just physical, but emotional. It put me through an emotional ringer. I have never been so suicidal in my entire life. And I looked so terrible, you all. So terrible. And like I said, now I am in recovery I have been for eight months mom how do you feel about my recovery or how far do you feel I've gotten I feel like you've got gosh you're 110 percent better I actually have a better daughter than I did before all this started happening and maybe I forgot about the daughter that I did have but I could only remember the daughter that that said so many harsh words and and that always wanted to die and so the change in you is so um so remarkable that um it seems like I've got I've got a well we are best friends again but it also seems like I have a better daughter than I had before we had Christmas together this year and Thanksgiving together we made videos we haven't done that in forever because see this put a this put a damper in our relationship. This put a shield between her and I. Mm-hmm. No matter how much I loved her, she pushed me away. And then by her pushing me away, it made me angry and hurt inside till I finally quit just trying to get close to her. Did I hate her? No, I loved her. That's my daughter. But she hurt me so bad that it was hard to even try to get close because every holiday, every birthday, everything coming up, it was like something would happen and she'd be so just out of her mind emotionally that you couldn't even talk to her. So all of our holidays and stuff for a while just were weren't. And it was because of what she was on. And that's a horrible way. It not only affected me, but everybody in the family. Because everybody was like thinking, oh my gosh, what's Heather going to do today? Even her own children it affected. And that's hurtful. I know her kids, they don't know all about it. But they've told her time after time since she's got better. Mommy, we're so proud of you. you. You act so happy. And mommy, you do this for us and you do that. That deserves a medal in itself. When children can see such a change in their mother, you know. Right. Yes, they have definitely spoke to me on many different occasions. And, I mean, like Mom said, I don't really think that they knew the extent of my problems. But your children can feel your energy. Mm -hmm. And they can feel when something's off. And it affects their little hearts too yes and they have come up to me and said mommy I'm so happy and you're so happy and 
oh my gosh, you do this so differently now, and we live such a good life, and I know times where I just had to sit back and cry tears of joy because it's just felt so good to hear. If nobody in this world gave me any confirmation that I was doing better but my children, that would be absolutely all I needed, which is going to bring me into my next point. If you love someone with an addiction, try to point them into the correct resources. If they choose to go and get help, I do not care what they put you through. I know that it hurts and I know that you're going to have to work to get past it. But please, I beg of you, support them. Yes. Because that is when they need your support the most. That is when they need to know, look, I have my mom or my sister or my husband or wife or best friend or whoever on my side. I'm going to be okay. I have someone happy for me to return back to my normal state. And yes, we do do it for ourselves and we have to do it for ourselves. In fact, when I started all of my counseling and therapy, I had a counselor tell me, you can make amends with everybody and you should, but even if they don't forgive you right away, you still have to push and keep getting help. Because you had broken so many relationships and broken them bad. You cannot expect it to be repaired overnight. And you shatter, let's just put this as an example. You shatter a mirror. You can try your best to tape it all back together. But is it ever going to look the same? No, it's not. So you may never have the same relationship with those people again. It could be better like my mom and I. Or it could be just completely different for the rest of your life. But just remember to support the addict. And if you are an addict, please remember that your life is worth it. We're not lost causes, as I said in episode 2. So many people want to believe that. Let's end that right now. Let's crush the stigma attached to addiction because so many people don't get help because they're scared to speak out because people sit, all those holier than thou people sit around all day talking crap that they don't know about. You know why they talk that? Because they've never had to deal with it. But I urge people, especially parents raising kids in this world, you might want to educate yourself on addiction. And I'm not speaking anything over anyone else because I would never want to see anyone suffer like I did with addiction or someone suffer like my mother did, loving an addict. Yes. But it could happen. It is very possible it could happen to one of your children with this opioid epidemic. And then you are going to look around at all those people talking crap and saying these people should should just die the way that you used to say it. And your heart's going to be in pieces because you have a loved one that you so desperately want 
You want them to seek help. You want them to get help. You want to save their life. It's not easy letting someone go. And like my mother said towards the beginning of the episode, you don't quit loving them. No. Mom, what would you tell um, someone that loves somebody with an addiction? How would you tell them to handle recovery time and rebuilding relationships? Like when their loved one goes into recovery and makes amends with them and you're trying in your heart to forgive them. How did you go about that with me? How did you start forgiving me after I made amends with you? Well, it took time because at first, you know, there was so much hurt there and so much pain that even though I was happy, it was hard. And some people, I went to church and stuff and my church and stuff really helped me to understand how I was feeling because I felt guilty. But some people, honestly, and I'm telling you, if it's got so bad, some people need counseling, just like the addict, to be able to let go of those those fears yes, yes, and, yes. and all of the detachment. Because just like an addict, as a parent, a spouse, a friend, a mother, you detach yourself from people mm-hmm. when they're in addiction. And you put up this wall so that you won't get hurt after so long. So even when they're changing and stuff, you still have that in your mind. Well, are they really? Well, what if they're not? Well, what if something happens? Well, what am I going to do? What You know, you still find yourself blaming yourself. So, you know, what I would say is try to forgive them by faith. Mm-hmm. And then try to love them and it might be hard at first because you you're angry I was so angry at my daughter I loved her but I was so angry at her some days I just wish for three hours of her not calling me because she would call me so much and I was so angry that I didn't want to hear her voice and I know that sounds awful as a mother but I'm just telling you where it takes you after so much hurt and as I always say talk is cheap yes and addicts out there my fellow addicts recovering addicts whatever we know that we talk a lot as I said we manipulate a lot we lie a lot how many times did we tell our loved ones already that we were getting clean and or we had already gotten clean and then we got busted again because we never really did yes I know I'm not the only one that's played that game with my family it happens and so You have to let your actions prove themselves. Talk is just a little bit of it. So yes, do make your event and say, I'm sorry. Tell them exactly what you've did to hurt them and why you're sorry for it. And let them know that communication is open whenever they're ready to talk, but that you will prove it to them. And then keep on holding it down and going through your recovery and let them see how much better that you're doing because I can guarantee you if they love you they will come back around yes I think yes and it may not be the same as I said but it will be better than nothing or it will be better than before now for loved ones um with the love addicts you can go through Naranon. Uh, there is a website for Naranon. It is nar slash anon dot org, and that's for friends and families of addicts. 
it's like a 12-step program like NA or AA for addicts, uh, loved ones of addicts. Not addicts, but the people that love addicts. It's for them. It's for help for them. And they also have Naranon meetings, just like they have an Al-Anon uh, website, and they have Al-Anon meetings. They have AA meetings, NA meetings. I would highly suggest that. I would highly suggest therapy. Therapy has changed my whole world around. Yes. Hasn't it? Yes. I mean, I... I think I even I struggle with less anger now than I did even before my addiction yes you think so yes because I mean even before I was still going through a lot before I even had an addiction um and so yeah I would recommend that because a lot of us do have underlying issues like depression anxiety bipolar um there's stuff that we need to address you know we use a lot of us addicts we use our drug of choice as an escape Mm -hmm. we get high and we escape things and you know, we're just dealing with stuff in unhealthy ways. You know, the same as someone with the shopping addiction. They use their little credit cards and they get maybe <laughs> that two hours of shopping satisfaction. Right. And then, but it's temporary. Right. And you need to go really fix yourself. And so you can feel fulfilled every single day and not just for a few minutes or a couple of hours or whatever. We all could use a little bit of help, even people without addictions. And as my mom said, the loved ones of addicts, we're all on the same exact journey, just facing different struggles. Yes. So you need a lot of help as well. And you will be okay. And me and my mom really wanted to put out this message because we just wanted you to know that we've been down this road. Yes. We are with you. We do send out love to you. We want to send out, you know, positivity and hope and let you know that tomorrow can be better. But like I said at the beginning, if you are in active addiction, please say you have a problem and yes. go get help because you may not have a tomorrow. I'm sure back in September when my Aunt Laura died, she thought that she had the rest of her life. You know, she had just commented, I'm I'm thinking a few hours before she had overdosed on my Instagram. And mine. And my mom's and a lot of other people's. And she thought she had a life. She didn't know that that was going to be her ending, and it shouldn't have been. You know, she never got to reconcile with her children. No. With her sisters, with her brothers, with her parents, with anyone. But we are thankful that at least she's at peace now because she did live in a lot of pain just as much as all of us addicts do. I'm just so happy that I was clean at that funeral to be able to really be there for my mom. But I know I promised myself when I went into that funeral that I was going to not get too emotional because I wanted to help my mom. 
And then I seen my poor aunt laying out in that casket. And that could be your reality. Yes. And I lost it. I I really did. I just I just burst into tears because I knew that could could have been me. And also I knew her pain. I yes. knew what she went through. I mean, there were often nights that I knew I was high. I knew she was high. Neither one of us could sleep and we would message each other on Facebook or Instagram and you know, she had had a rough life. And I'm not saying that's an excuse, but I am saying behind that addiction, she had such an amazing heart. Yes, she was empty during that time, but I'm saying beyond all that, what caused her addiction, I'm saying beyond that, she wasn't a person with an amazing heart Mm -hmm. and she loved so many people and she, you know, she just lost that part of her and this really, this whole show, this whole podcast ideal is dedicated to my aunt, Laura. She is the one to, that inspired me to speak out. As soon as she died, I got some of this in my head. And I said, you know what? I'm not letting her go in vain. Because I know if she could come back and help someone. She would. She would. If she was released from those chains of addiction, she would. Yes. So I'm speaking out and I'm saying it is because of her love and her sacrifice and her struggle that I'm sitting here clean trying to help some of you all. She didn't have a tomorrow, but you can. Yes. So I want to leave you all with this. You have the power to say this is not how my story will end. And you do. Tomorrow can be a completely different day. I don't care how you reach out and get help. You can reach out to me. My email is always in the show notes. The uncensored woman at gmail.com. My Instagram's always in the show notes. I'm going to put my mom's Instagram in the show notes. She has said as well, she does not care to speak no. to addicts or loved ones of yes. addicts. She is very willing to help. Yes. We hope this gave some of you all hope. We hope this we hope we hope this helped some of you all not feel so alone. Yes. Because I know for so long we tried to paint a perfect family picture. Yes. And we really struggled uh ourselves. So please just remember however you reach out, whether it's meetings, um Therapy, rehabs, family members, just get the help that you need. And you guys, I am going to go ahead and wrap up this episode. We hope that you enjoyed. And I am your host, Heather Christine. Today, my co-host was Crystal, her mother. And yes, we love all of you very much. Peace, love, and hope. And you all have just listened to The Uncensored Woman. I will see you guys next Wednesday. Love to all of you beautiful, beautiful people out there.